you like this episode, please subscribe, share with others, rate and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. This is The Thing About Cars, a podcast for car enthusiasts and the people who love them. Hello and welcome to The Thing About Cars. I'm Mickey Desai. Around the table, we've got uh, almost a full crew. Dave, Polly, how are you, sir? I am on a quest for modesty today. <laughs> <laughs> quest for modesty. It's like an album cover or something. Ben, how are you? Oh, moderately neato. How about you? I'm good. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in just, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, how are you? I'm doing great and requesting modesty. <laughs> request Fine, modesty's, I'll put my hands back on. <laughs> modesty's kind of overrated, don't you think? No. Hands are uh, overrated. Yeah, yeah. Misty, how are you, Misty? I'm holy. You're holy. I'm holy. <laughs> she it's had some holes. she had some uh, uh um upgrades recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's in titanium upgrades too. Really? Oh, good. Yeah. Wow. No, what happens if you hold a nine volt battery to it? I don't know. Why don't why, why don't you get the upgrade and let's test that out? <laughs> so, first on our agenda today, I believe uh, the mysterious box can be addressed. Misty, I take it you got it. Yeah, I got the box, and uh, I I came downstairs because it came during the day when I was upstairs working uh, in the home office. I came down and it was sitting in my chair here in front of my personal laptop, and I was like, so. <laughs> you know and so then you know i open it and this is one of the first things that i pull out which is going to go on my laptop <laughs> so it's it's you know it, it is a sticker it's a waffle house sticker it says it's not a waffle house it's a waffle home yes so uh, this is definitely going on on the the msi and then so and i'm probably i have to go in the office tomorrow because i have new people oh, so good. i'm i'm probably actually going to wear this and this is big enough that i can layer you know so it's like good. it's like a Kind of like a tent. For those, of you not, for those of you not able to see, Misty is modeling it's... the finest in the thing about cars t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, although I'm sitting here, I'm going, well, it's, it's just the 17th tomorrow. Do I save this for the following week? Uh, because it's like super orange and um, like the 27th is King's Day. Ah. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, Villampy, which is, uh, you know, the king. Yes. Let's be respectful here. Um, he, he goes to a different city every year, and this year he's chosen Rotterdam, which is where my office is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, guess who's not going to be in the office at all next week? Just cannot. Right. No, 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 no. So you, you got the nice official thing about cars T-shirt. Yes. So and now you, I can, uh, yeah. you know, pimp our ride, so to speak. <laughs> nice. you know? What else then, is in the box? Yes. And then this was actually a twofer. I just have to remember which nurse at which hospital I wanted to give one to. Right. So, but this is actually one for me too. <laughs> and it is the, the, the Waffle House shirt. And I'm just sitting here going, the only question I have is do either of these shirts actually go with my pink tutti fruity Doc Martens? <laughs> if you, why are you even asking this? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I don't wear my, I mean, no, seriously, I don't know. I, I think this 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 was after after we did the uh, recording last week, um, or did I tell you about the incredible deal that I got on Doc Martens? Yes, you did. Um, yeah. So and but they're here and they are so. I I mean, they say, are so pink. Don't they tell my so wife pink. because she'll want some. 
You know, well, <laughs> if I can ever get another deal like that again, and they have, you have to give me your wife's shoe size, and yeah. there will be a box. So, okay. you know. Fortunately, uh, Mickey's wife would never listen to the show. <laughs> exactly right. It's so true. Unless yeah, you know, so, you're riding on a road trip or something. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that's, and, and, and I think the only disappointment, um, you know, for, you know, that I've had this week is um, there was the Amsterdam car show the weekend of my birthday. Hmm. And my husband just completely missed the hint, which was me sending him the link about five times. Going, this would be really cool. <laughs> so I did not get to go. And I'm kind of sad because I they, they did have some really nice cars that I wanted to see. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, actually, I think I'll just hang out and, and look for the Paris one and then just take the train to Paris and, you know, just go for a day trip to Paris as one does. I like it. In a waffle, in a waffle house shirt, and, in a, and yeah, and well, I'm, 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 I'm kind of torn because if I go to the Paris car show, do I wear the waffle house shirt or do I wear the thing about cars? Oh, you know, you are such a talented seamstress. Cut them in half and sew them together. Do what? Yeah, wear one on the front, one on the back. On the back, yeah. <laughs> the thing about cars now sponsored by Waffle House. <laughs> I wish. Waffle, yeah. homes. waffle homes, waffle homes, yeah. Um, <laughs> what if we work in housing, right? That's... Yeah, 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 yeah. See, the, but the thing is, though, is our corporate colors are more orange because we're a Dutch company. Yeah, right. So, right. do you see the do you see the struggle here? Um, so, yeah. Never. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Well, it's, struggle it's, is not real. Happy, happy yeah. late birthday, Misty. I know those t-shirts were overdue in getting to you, but I'm glad you like them. And. Uh, Yes. I'm happy I have new t-shirts. <laughs> so, you know, because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge t-shirts and jeans person, you know, yeah. and I like to layer them. Heck yeah. Um, it's, it, it's kind of weird so many times, you know, when like my manager who is, uh, you know, he's Australian, even though he holds a Belgian passport and we come into the office and we're both wearing like the t-shirt layered over the long sleeve Henley. And I'm, I'm like, oh, we're twinning again. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> Why are you so weird? I'm like, you knew this when you hired me, so don't even. And, and I've and I've been here over a year now, so just you know, stop pretending like you're surprised. <laughs> are they surprised when you walk in the door? They're like, oh, you're still with us. No, they're like, you know, they're like, oh god, <laughs> you know. Although, although I have, um, I have two people on my team whose birthday is on Wednesday, so I'm like, okay, I'm bringing in cupcakes, and one of them is he's a delightful young Spanish gentleman and i said i said uh, jordy i'm bringing you a cake for your birthday and he's like he's so dramatic he's like oh misty no 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 my diet my diet and i'm like calories don't count on your birthday man it's true right you, you should Break have an exemption for your birthday all right misty yeah. would, you, would you call yourself a formula one fangirl yeah i th i think i would literally lose the ability to speak kind of like you did with ricky rackman yeah. Um, if, 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 you know, we were to, well, probably not with Toto Wolf, cause I'm sure I have things to say to him. Um, the reason I ask is the Ben had posted this in our behind the scenes TTAC group It's called, it was an article in the a publication called the cut and it's mm -hmm. called the, the fangirlification of formula one. And it's an interesting essay. If you haven't read it, I recommend, I recommend it. It's uh but Ben, yeah. did, Ben, you read through it. I imagine. Did you, did you have any comments about the fangirlification of formula one? Well, it's been more than a month since I've read it, so uh, I've kind of forgotten most of it, but uh, <laughs> it would well, be good to discuss if we'd all read. Well, it says some interesting things here, which I thought was yeah. what I, which I'll pull out of this this highlight, which is uh, Formula One is often viewed as an elitist sport in which only two women and one black man have raced in Grand Prix 
despite the fact that there have been more than 900 drivers across its seven-decade history. Um, and entities behind the sport are not always the most accepting of new enthusiasts either. So the question remains, why is Formula One so popular, especially amongst a young fandom? Um, because the fandom is huge. It's According to this, it's twice as large as the NFL, uh, but the NFL brings in eight times more revenue annually. <laughs> so, well, in other words, Americans love sport and spend their money to prove it. Um, uh, Liberty Media made, I'm reading this, obviously, Liberty Media made changes to appeal to viewers in the U.S. They axed the sexist tradition of grid girls. What's a grid yeah, girl? No... Yeah, or the brawly dollies, you know, the, someone to stand by each car with uh, an umbrella over the driver to so they yeah. don't get too warm. So now they, they, they still have that in MotoGP. Okay. So, you know, it's, um, and, you know, in, in, in some of the online chats that I'm in, I mean, it's, I mean, some of the stuff gets really misogynistic. So, um, mm. you know, I was not at all, uh, uh, you know, sad to see the grid girls go. I mean, I think if that's the only place that people see us, and I'm talking as, you know, women, that that's the only place that, you know, some of the fan base see us as belonging on the grid, that's wrong. Um, I mean, of course. Because women can drive just as good as men. Right. And you could yeah. always replace the brawly dolly with uh, an umbrella fella. Yeah. See, I, you know. <laughs> if it were one, I am very interested. See, <laughs> I'm so interested. interested. <laughs> an umbrella fella? You know, I'm like, give everybody something, you know. You know, to, I, I mean, I don't have any problem because, I, you know, I, I, I know that on some of those tracks it gets really, really warm. We could call them know, a, or either um, it's Sorry, Missy, go ahead. You know, it, it it can get really, really warm and the sun's just, you know, bleh, you know, on you or it's just either pissing down rain. We could call um, it a brawly know, so brawler. <laughs> brawly <laughs> brawler. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, you know. Right. So the fangirlification, I mean, it, it, uh, fangirl to me has almost a derogatory meaning, um, but not quite. And I guess it depends on who the recipient of the term is. But uh but it, but Formula One is way more widely acceptable, and that one statistic just baffles me. It's 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 twice as lo- as large as where did it go? I had it here a second ago. Um, it's twice as large as the NFL, but and I only think pulls in. Maybe, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I, I think maybe it's because it's, um, you know, I I want to say that you know, like me personally, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not into fighting sports, and you know, I think that. Um, American football and football also have the reputation of like the hooligan type fans, you know, the ones that, uh, you know, turn over police cars and set them on fire. Oh no, but that's just like Wednesday in yeah. Paris. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I was confused. Um, you know, or the tearing down the goalposts or, uh, you know, I think, but I think in in a lot in a lot of sports, just across the board, uh, regardless of whether it's a motorsport or um, you know a sport sport, um, a ball sport, stick and ball sport, yeah, yeah. There's there's just a lot of toxic masculinity. Um, but I think with some of the newer crop of drivers um, in F1, you're seeing a lot less of that. You're seeing a lot less of James Hunt. Um, who was in his own way very toxic um you know and it's more yeah i think in that area nikki lauda was you know definitely kind of a trailblazer he was you know, he was very competitive but he wasn't you know this testosterone fueled uh you know douche canoe 
Right. He was a very, very thinking man's driver. Uh, yeah. So James Hunt, who was more of a playboy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, definitely. And the idea that Formula One is elitist is nothing new. Mm-hmm. That, you know, probably I was remembering an article. I just found it like seven, eight months ago. Um, Motor uh, Motorsports Week did an article on how uh, F1 wants American companies and American sponsorship, but not particularly American drivers, American fans. Um, and that, that, that doesn't strike me as a new one. I mean, in, in all the times that I've been ancillary to, to F1, you know, that, that kind of, a um, elitist mindset coupled with toxic masculinity, uh, to a certain degree has character characterized it since I've been aware of it. Right. Well, I mean, you have to think of racing going back, uh, as far as just a, a masculine sport, you know, they're, they talk about the, the days, you know, well, let's say the 19 early 60s and and prior uh, when they say the, uh, the the tires were skinny and drivers were fat because you mm-hmm. had to be a bullish kind of person to be able to muscle cars through through the turns. Uh, and, you know, even to this day, it is still a, a, a physically uh, demanding sport. Um, but at the same time, it it is one that women can compete uh, on the same level as men in identical equipment. Um, and, you know, whether Formula One wants you, they definitely want U.S. fans because fans equals revenue. Right. And, you know, it is a business just like any other professional sport is. Um, but, uh, you know, in fact, we do have an American driver in the field this year, uh, Logan Sargent, who's driving for the Williams team. Um, so. Which might be in a curse within itself. <laughs> right. That's but, funny, though. Uh, yeah. Not to interrupt you, Tim, but I, I was kind of into F1 back in the 80s, you know, early to mid 80s. And in hindsight, I kind of romanticize the era from then back to about 1970. And when I was into it back then as a teenage kid, I think one of the appeals to me was that it wasn't very American. <laughs> I was kind of sick <laughs> of my own culture, even though I'd never been anywhere else in the world. And I liked the escapism to me that it provided, you know. Right. Yeah. And- it's a, the, the culture is very different from, you know, the the uh, stereotypical bubbliness of NASCAR. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, if you look at any professional level of racing, you know, like, you know, points the finger and goes, oh, look at those rich boys driving their big fancy cars and it that same thing still applies to 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 nascar if you don't become a professional nascar driver without having some kind of uh family financial stake in the game uh, early in your career when you know the the paychecks are not nearly enough to cover what the expenses are of doing the sport yeah but there's still that stigma and i think maybe it comes you know uh out more in European, even if they don't quite realize why they're kind of stigmatizing the NASCAR, um, because the whole stock car racing started from bootlegging, yes, which was right. a very low, yeah. you know, it's like low class, even though, you know, as a upper class person, you're, you know, your boot bootlegger might be, you know, your best friend, so to speak, but mm-hmm. there was still that social divide, you know, and the um, Formula One, I mean, these were the playboys, these were the you know, like the third sons of the aristocracy that didn't have anything to do, you know, rather than just, you know, uh, drive really fast. You know, it's like uh, when, when I was in high school, because you, you, you do still see that in the United States to a point when I was in high school, um, I went to high school with like Phil Necro's son. 
And Phil Negro, an amazingly nice guy. His son was a complete and utter jerk. Like he knew he was hot stuff and he was, you know, American royalty and always came in with these fast cars, you know, and then would like crash it and daddy would just buy him a new one. <laughs> Um, I know, know the kind. So, I know the type. Yes. No. yes we so know the type. I mean, you know. So the, the, I guess the thing I wanted to get at overall with this is that you know what 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 is it that leaves F one being open to inclusivity where other sports apparently don't welcome as inclusivity, right? Because even if even if F one is elitist, um, everybody can get into it, and we know men and women alike. We know people of all stripe and color who like who like to watch racing. Um, so how does F1 encourage inclusivity where, say, the NFL doesn't? Because it's actually global. Right. You That's know, it. I mean, you have races in Australia, you have races in Asia, um, you have races in the Middle East, you have races in Europe, uh, you have races in North America, you have races in South America, so, you even have races on the eighth continent, the United Kingdom. Um <laughs> Yeah, to quote John Cleese, the whole difference between the United States and the rest of the world is the rest of the world, when they have a world championship, they invite other countries to compete. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> well, and, which raises the next question, though. I mean, if we go back to that other statistic where the NFL is U.S. only, but but they they make eight times the amount of money that an international sport like racing does, is the NFL simply better at selling sponsorships or is Formula One well, simply poor it, at – yeah. You have to look at the at how many events there are per year. I mean, in U.S. football, you have what? How many games going every Sunday uh, for six months out of the yeah. year? Uh, and in Formula One, you have one event go, uh, going twenty three times yeah. per year. So you know, the, the number of butts in the stands, you know, you can you can have you know uh, over a hundred thousand people at a lot of these circuits. I know the Circuit of the Americas, which sells out very frequently in Austin, Texas for the U.S. Grand Prix. I think they seat around 120,000 mm. people. And there, there's other tracks that, that seat in that same, you know. Yep. Uh, so maybe the, category. Right. So maybe the comparison is a bad one. All right. Like maybe the analysis of using the NFL as some sort of benchmark is simply yeah. not a good choice. There might also be some differences in how it's peripherally monetized to like, uh, you know, all the different tie-ins that NFL does. I mean, the United States, you know, corporatism is our culture. You know, mm -hmm. money is our culture here in the States. You know, we've got you know, replica jerseys, but last time I watched any kind of, you know, auto racing, nobody was wearing a replica helmet in the stands. No, <laughs> oh, but, I've seen those. No, no, <laughs> it is kind of bad. hard to, to watch a race while wearing the helmet and get... Yeah, under the yeah, hot sun. I'm, I'm being a little facetious, of course, but you know what I mean. There's not I as mean, much... You see plenty the, of people, you know, you, you watch all the Dutch fans, and uh, if they're not wearing orange, then they're wearing, uh, you know, Red Bull Blue. And, of yeah. course, you go to uh, the Italian Grand Prix and you watch the stands full of people in uh, in red shirts. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can definitely tell who's pulling for which driver. It's a, yeah. Oh, I don't think we monetize it the same way we do here. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I can go to McLaren and I can buy, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, uh, you know, um, what's his face? Lando Norris stuff, um, you know, or... Um, you know, I can get I can get more replica cars. I mean, I even have from the F1 shop itself. I have my uh, my Kimmy shirt, which has a red flag equals ice cream, which you I mean, <laughs> you just have to. You know, Tim's like, yeah, I know what that means. You know, yeah. and I also have my my Kimmy shirt that says "Leave me alone." I know what to do. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and then I have my uh, Max Verstappen 2021, you know, World Champion shirt. Um, you know, and then like. Um, 
one of the local supermarkets in the Netherlands is called the Jumbo Jumbo. Um, yeah, they're a huge sponsor. I think Max is like actually their only corporate sponsorship that they're doing now. They've pulled out everything else, but Max and I can, you know, I get points for grocery shopping and I can save up to get discounts on the hats and the Red Bull stuff, you know, so it's there, you know, but Definitely. on the other hand, how many players do you have for each NFL team? How many NFL teams do you have? We only have 20 drivers, Right. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so There's a whole lot, you know, there's a whole lot less footprint, you know, because, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking back in the heyday when I was a huge Steelers fan, you know, like I bought my son a Palomalu jersey and then you had um, uh, Jerome Bettis, you had, uh, you know, um, I can't even remember. I'll tell you, you just give me, you turn 50 and your brain just goes, yeah, okay, we're done. Um, <laughs> can you hear me, Misty? <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you. okay. So, What? I mean, that's that's Tim's point, right? It's like there's so much more NFL action than there is Formula One action. Yeah, Uh, but, you know, and yeah. and then, you know, plus, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got all these players, uh, you've got significantly more teams, you Yeah. know, I mean, we only Yeah. have 10 teams in the Right. story, you know, so there's, on, there's only so much fan merchandise, I mean, although, you know, I mean, I could probably do like my whole bedroom in like Red Bull if I wanted to, I don't because I'm actually a McLaren girl. Um, but I'm not quite sure papaya looks that good with my skin tone. Um, you know, so, uh, Dave is like, what? yeah, the, 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 the team color for, for McLaren, because they're originally, <laughs> uh, they were founded by a man from New Zealand is papaya orange. mm. Got Yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. We're back. Which is Our not guest the same as Dutch orange, right, Misty? That's Yeah. Which not. is, and, and is also not the same as my company's orange. Oh, okay. So I'm just, I, can I just leave it a pumpkin now? Yes. <laughs> all right. So let's switch gears here uh, and 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 move to a different article that Ben had shared with us. I don't, and uh, Ben, I don't know if you remember this one, the one that where the U.S. wants to close an SUV loophole that supersized cars. Oh yeah, I remember it because I just read it this morning. Yep. Uh, you you want to you want to guide us through this one or tell us your re reactions to this article? Uh Well, okay. The the gist of it is that uh, you know we've had a loophole in fuel economy standards and such for decades in the United States, where uh, anything that could be you know basically categorized as a truck was not subject to the same uh, environmental and fuel efficiency standards. And the automakers have really learned how to game this, especially since you know, the, the uh, you know fuel economy standards apply to the fleet as a whole of. whatever any company makes so you know this has led to the fact that everybody wants to drive a gigantic honking suv they the, this has basically been foisted upon us by gaming the system on the part of the manufacturers and you know they're, they're looking to close this now it's it's in debate it's you know it's been i guess bills have been brought up in congress or something but uh my take on it is a little bit cynical much as i'd like to see some things happen that reduce our vehicle size and increase their efficiency and such likelihood of something that actually does so you know making it through congress and being signed into law um i'm not holding my breath Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, but I didn't know that there was a set of regulations that opened the door towards making cars bigger. And yeah pretty much yeah, yeah i think it's for they, any vehicle that's over four thousand pounds is it okay. yeah which is super that's like almost every car today <laughs> yeah, you that's know true. uh, Yeah, except for like mine.
because I don't the original know. intention was you know so that the so that what came out of the seventies when you know there was yeah there was a drive to be more efficient but then the thing was well wait a minute there are still some people who need something big and powerful farmers construction workers people who are doing real work not your average Joe Blow who says oh yeah I need a pickup because I got to tow my boat that he tows maybe three times a year. Uh, and just drives to the office the rest of the time. Uh, so, you know, yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I recall back in the 80s, there were some, the 1980s was the peak fuel efficiency regulatory period in the United States, believe it or not, up to a point. We actually had something like a 27 mile per gallon requirement uh, until that got lobbied out of existence. Right. And uh, and actually this week, didn't we just have a, a new proposal go through uh, the EPA? Um wanting to reduce vehicle emissions over the next, uh, I believe it's seven years to basically cut everything in half by 20, 2030. Yeah. I something like that. Yeah. like that too. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to make it to the light of day or not either, but <laughs> right. I got my fingers crossed. Yes. Right. But, and it, but if it did in its current form, it would basically force everything to go electric. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. by well, 2030. I think, yeah. I, I think pretty much here, everything is supposed to be electric by, uh, 2030 already in, right. in, in, in the EU. Right. Yeah, still... those, uh, I think there have been a couple of U.S. manufacturers that have said that they're going to be all electric. I think General Motors yes. said that. There are mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of people who are already phasing out internal combustion engines. I think uh, Lotus has already done that. Yeah. Go Lotus. Uh, well, sort of. They, 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 they're making a car now, the Amira, that is going to be the last Lotus to have a combustion engine. Yeah. So right. they've that, that's already on the roadmap. Yeah. So yeah. what are we uh -huh. what, what are we going to do? What are we going to tell people who are like like me who just likes internal combustion engines? Um, well, nobody's going to take I'm, away the I'm one the you've already way. got. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you know. uh, yeah, it's going to do something for the used car market. Uh, like yeah. as, as we spoke to uh, you know our our guests uh, in one of our episodes that just came out uh, where they were talking about the the market for the the sub five thousand dollar car. Yep, is yeah. always the same market. There's there's always people who are looking for that niche and just can find, can find me the best car you can for under five thousand yeah. dollars. Right. But it'll be the same thing. I want to have an internal combustion car, and you know that's going to be driving the price point of those used vehicles. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, and for me, too, it's not about having the internal combustion engine. I just don't want an automatic. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not that much need for as complicated a transmission with an electric either. Uh, there's not. There's but not. that said, yeah. even if you even if the ideal electric car has a couple of ratios, manually shifting them isn't necessarily <laughs> the way to go either. Uh, right. I I like you know I, I I like having to use both of my feet and my hands. That's what she said. So get a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a drum set. <laughs> It's a know. lot more drama than driving a manual Little. transmission. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't want my neighbors to hate me that much, you know, but I mean, yeah. to, to me, you know, and, and I know you've heard me rant and rave and rant and rave about this with the more manual things, you know, literally the only things that I want in my car that are, you know, bells and whistles are comfort items. I want my behind warm. It is not a small piece of real estate. Okay, people, mm -hmm. right. you know, well, it depends on but who you ask. I think. <laughs> There's nobody you could ask that would say my behind is a small piece of real estate. Facts are facts. I'm not putting myself down. I'm not body shaming. I'm just stating I got some junk in the trunk. I, you know, but for me, you know, I don't like these point and drive cars. And I think that, you know, 
with the, you know, as much as the standard transmission motion and workflow, so to say, is ingrained in my head, it still forces people to pay more attention to what the hell they're doing. I don't you know, know about I th- that. I, and I honestly think that people get too complacent with an automatic car and they're just like, you know, all I have to do is, you know, step on the gas or step on the brake. And, you know, and I think that contributes to some of the crap that I work on my Dutch when I'm driving. I don't know. Back in the era when manuals were very, very common, there there was still a lot of idiocy behind the wheel. There was still a lot of people trying to, you know, shift and eat a burger at the same time, you know, crap like (laughs) That, What's wrong with that? You know, it was. <laughs> uh, I've seen people. Yeah, that is a fine art. I have an I'm... entire turkey in the front of this car. <laughs> <laughs> and all the trimmings. And all the trimmings. And yes. by God, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> right. Although it's too. I mean, I've... Well, what if we tried to repurpose what the left foot has to do now? Like, uh, yeah, you know, we, we brought up how, you know, the, the touch screen that's so becoming so prevalent uh, for all your selection of climate control and other accessories in the car. What if we uh, came up with a, a little like a uh, mouse ball uh, on the floorboard for your left foot to do? That way you can keep both hands on the wheel still while your you're trying to access is the right click. Menu. Exactly. And just, there you go. And just to keep <laughs> the um, watch. McCaught, the, the the nostalgia types happy. Put the high beam switch in that function too. Put the high uh, beam exactly. switch down there, just exactly. like the old now, days. See yes. now that that would make me happy, <laughs> right. you know. Or um, you know, because but I think if you were to try to move the touch screen functions, which well, like in the Mazda, if it goes if your car goes above a certain speed, the touch screen is disabled anyway, and you have to use your buttons. Right. I'm so happy we're back to the Mazda six because at least I understand the cockpit. <laughs> But, um, I hate that BMW still. You hate the BMW still? Well, to to tie in, yeah. uh, to, to jump back a little bit and tie in the vehicle size thing with the electrics uh, thing, uh, another interesting thing I've been seeing is that, you know, there are some monster EVs coming on the market now, like that Hummer, for instance, uh, yeah. and which, according to one analysis, because it is so extremely big and heavy, despite the fact that it runs electric, it's still less green than an equivalent internal combustion vehicle. Hmm. Just the sheer amount of resources required to build it and run it. Well, you have that too. And then plus, isn't it going to be still slightly heavier than an internal combustion Hummer, which more is going slightly. to be more tire dust? More than slightly. <laughs> I was being generous. I was I was being diplomatic. Well, uh, there's, there's also some research that suggests that even EVs in general, never mind the manufacturing process, but just taking... As a standalone car, EVs generate as much particulate matter or more particulate matter mm-hmm. as their internal combustion counterparts because of the weight of the battery. They actually wear out tires and stuff like that faster. So, yeah, you know, I thought, I thought about that and I was wondering, you know, shouldn't we see on like, let's say, uh, big sweeping turns on interstates uh, where you would expect, you know, a lot of vehicle traffic, therefore, you know, and plus they're turning. So they're, uh, shedding more rubber particles at that point. Uh, shouldn't we see like big drifts of black tire particulates on the side of the road at that point? Um, uh, and the only reason why I ask so this well. is where, where does all this black rubber dust go? Oh, it's, it's on, everywhere. On the car behind you? Yeah, it's it's out there. <laughs> yeah. It's in the soil. It's in the rivers. It's everywhere. It's, it's, it's out there. You don't see it, but it, it disperses pretty well. But that doesn't mean it ceases to exist. Right. Um, yeah. 
how you know there's also some safety things you know the, some of those larger evs are so heavy that they're doing a lot of damage when they hit things you know pedestrians cyclists all that um yeah. you know the casualty rate of pedestrians in traffic in the united states has been skyrocketing over the past decade although yeah. i'm not sure not just a... because of big evs but you know yeah. just vehicles in general yeah just yeah. because everybody has to have an suv everybody has to have an, an multi mvp what or you, what were you saying dave whatever well, see, it, it's also, you know, I, I don't, I agree with your point, Ben, but I also, I don't know that's a function of just the vehicle size as much as it is we've got a massive distracted driving problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. And more distracted pedestrians too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All well, right. they, 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 they've actually um, started enforcing uh, uh, laws here in the Netherlands about using your mobile when you're on your bike. Oh. You know, bicycle. Yeah. You know, like you can't, you know, if they, I mean, they will give you a ticket if they catch you using your mobile while you're That's tooling crazy. along the bike path. I don't good. know why you. No, it's, yeah. it's not crazy. It's not crazy no, because. Um, no, no, the ticket part is good. I can't imagine trying to use a phone or a mobile device when I'm on a bicycle. That's crazy. I've seen people do it on motorcycles. Yeah. Oh. yeah, well, I think it was like the first two or three weeks I was here in the Netherlands, was taking my son to school, and this mom on on her uh, what they call a oma feature grandma bicycle yeah. or, or, or a mom's bicycle. Um, she had one kid on a little seat in the front. She had another kid on a seat in the back. She had a trailer attached with the grocery shopping, and then she was walking the dog. <laughs> a little multitasking yeah yeah it's you know nuts. and then and then they have what they call the uh, cargo bikes or the box feet so i've seen people literally move like living room furniture like love seats two-seaters you know on a bike you know who needs yeah. a u-hole you have a bike you're good um you know so i mean it, it is a way of life you know there are more bikes in the netherlands than there are people yeah all right by yeah. quite a bit all right last article because we're running out of time here um <laughs> last thing we're going to talk about today is another thing that ben has posted um it's always me isn't it it's always you it's fantastic <laughs> you're a troublemaker it's all about ben <laughs> hashtag blame ben uh so this is an article in ars technica that i love this publication but there's an article here that ben has, has uh, posted for us saying that there's a new form of keyless car theft that works under two minutes. Do you remember this, Ben? Yes, I do. How, how Can you summarize it for us? Yeah, well, it requires a little background on electrical systems. Okay. So traditionally, a vehicle's electrical system has just been a big pile of DC circuits. Right. Uh, simple on-off switching, fuses, things like that, you know. Uh, well, a lot of newer vehicles have what's called a controller area network system, or CAN bus for short. Uh, I've known about this for years because the BMW motorcycles that I ride have, have been using this since the early 2000s. Uh, but what the CAN bus system basically does, it eliminates a lot of the switches and fuses and things, or simplifies a lot of it. Uh, like, instead of fuses, it will use a solid state logic system to turn off a circuit that's overloading uh oh. it eliminates or it reduces the amount of wiring in a vehicle by using things like ground side solid state switching and such um it also also means that it makes it simple for multiple components to kind of talk to the ecu so that you've got a more integrated system that knows more about what it's doing so what these so basically, you got a lot of parts in the car that are now like little pieces of the the total brain, if you will. Right. And uh, what a lot of thieves have figured out how to do, and of course, you know, we all know that in recent years, car thieves have done all kinds of interesting, you know, radio frequency tricks with key fobs, you know, 
pulling up in front of your house and scanning for fobs and things like that and all kinds of craziness. Uh, they don't even need the key now because what they what a lot of them have figured out how to do is bust a headlight out of the car, tap into that CAN bus electrical system, and take over. So, wait a minute. You're saying that I can interface with a car via any exposed uh, wiring harness that talks to the to the ECM, that talks to the CAN bus, rather, and I could hack my way in? That's the gist of it, yeah. Wow. I'm that kind- just gives a whole new meaning to the term hot wiring. <laughs> yes, really. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of floored. Yeah, so, it's like from yeah. now on, you have to have a password to start up your car. <laughs> you just do it. Well, just just like my my my, my work computer, I have a HP Elite book, and mm-hmm. it has a fingerprint scanner, and I'm just yeah. like biometrics and <laughs> cars is coming. It's 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 probably all I don't have a problem with that because I don't know about y'all, but I mean, how many times in your misspent use did you're like they're like I really need but to Misty, go to we're the we're store. we're talking to a group of people who will steal cars for any number of reasons, right? And like the the links that no, you no. have to go through to get a car in motion may be getting easier, but the fact that someone would really want to tap open a headlight to get to a wiring harness to start and steal a car, they yeah. literally did the scanning key fob thing when they stole the CX five, which by the way they finally found it. Oh, I think nice. it was in Poland. Mm. Because wow. you know, mm, but but that is for us is a major destination, and the CX five is one of the top ones. And that's yep. actually going to be a big motivator is the value of the car versus the complexity to steal it. That's right. the reason you can yeah. walk up to a Hyundai and say, "Hey, open up and start," and you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but nobody wants a Hyundai. <laughs> you know, yeah. why do we need to put security in us? Who's going to steal it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, it's like. Nobody wants, you know, a, a well, Twingo. <laughs> well, over here, I can't remember where it was, somewhere stateside, obviously, but on Reddit, someone said, hey, can you identify this car? We think it was just involved in a home invasion, and it was a PT Cruiser. Who the heck steals a PT Cruiser to perform a home invasion? Well, but- that's the state of that your life has gotten into. <laughs> well, uh, that and, uh, candidate for the Darwin uh, Awards? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, and yeah. think about it from the other direction. As funny as the idea is, think about it from the other direction. They they probably didn't say, "Hey, I'm gonna go find me a PT Cruiser." They probably said, "Gonna go find me an easy car to to nab," yeah. and that probably was the first one that came up. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite sure. Path, you know, I'm being a little bit facetious, but yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, crime I... is generally opportunistic. <laughs> yeah, crime is yeah. generally opportunistic. That is true. Yeah. So, what do we do? Did they? I, I I hadn't finished the article yet, Ben. Is there a is there a fix coming? What are we gonna? How do we protect our cars if if this is the case? Because I always uh, used to well, tell it's... people to keep their fobs in a metal box, but now if we don't have that problem, how do we? Yeah. Well, this is so new that the authors didn't know yet what what's what what it's going to lead to. And I would say still keep the fobs in a box because those cars are still what we're driving now. And and you know just because one type of theft and crime is the the cutting edge doesn't mean the others go away. That is very true. That yeah. is totally true. Yeah. So keep your fobs yeah, in a box. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ben, Ben, uh, not Ben, Tim. Tim has a large T showing. Yes. Is this the point in the show where we uh, give the trivia answer? Well, we ask the trivia questions? Uh, I was yeah. thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we I completely missed the asking of the question in the beginning. But yes, let's wrap the episode with a question and an answer, Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so speaking of the future, yes. uh, what stand? Standard equipment on almost every new car sold in North America since the 1970s may no longer be available in nearly all future electric vehicles. So our choices are A, 
AM radio reception, B, glass rearview mirrors, C, a heater for interior air, or D, all of the above. Again, that was AM radio reception, a glass rearview mirror, or heater for interior air, as opposed to heated seats. Huh. Mm. You go ahead and take it, Tim. Drive us around the table. Okay. Uh, Dave, What do you? what's your guess? You know, AM radio and glass rearview mirror make a lot of sense to me. The heater, I'm less sold on, but I'm going to go with all of the above. Okay. All right. Misty? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with all of the above, although I'm like, I have heated seats and a you know heater for a reason because I'm a cool person. Uh, you know, but yeah, I see that all of those as being either uh, um, replaceable with with more technology or very power draining. Right. Okay, Mickey. I uh, I hear the logic for all of the above, but I am going to pick the glass rear view mirror thing because um, I, I think that there's still going to be a space for AM radio dials for anyone who wants to tune in AM talk radio for any reason. Um, Heating is still heating and it can be kind of useful. <laughs> I saw that, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dave is not like AM talk radio. <laughs> oh. And uh, and yet with electric cars being what they are, you know, putting a camera in the rear of the car seems like it's going to be an ubiquitous thing. And that would do away with the glass rear view mirror. Uh, so I'm going to stick with glass rear view mirror. Okay. And Ben? Yeah, I think I'm with Mickey on this one. One. I mean, I can see where they would want to push it in the all the above direction, but for you know the the reasons he stated, plus the fact that you know there is only so much coldness that a heated seat can overcome. Y- your fingers are still going to be numb if it's you know Minnesota in the winter time. <laughs> well, they just add the heated steering wheel in, like the Mazda Six has. Right. Yeah, okay. that I don't <laughs> that know, doesn't help as much as they say it solution. does. It's. <laughs> I loved no. it. <laughs> Dave, what was that, Dave? Superheated steering wheel action. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so we got uh, yeah. So uh, just to kind of go through these, um, what what it's not is uh, glass review mirrors. Those uh, there's no necessary reason to lose those. Okay. Um, heater for interior air. Uh, you know there are some electric vehicles. I believe the Nissan Leaf doesn't have. Uh, the air heated. It just has uh, heated seats and steering wheel, uh, which leaves us with AM radio reception. And it's for a technical reason. It's because of electromagnetic noise from the electric motors interfering with the uh, AM radio signals. I should have known oh, that. that's cool. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. that's kind of weird. The motor. That's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and Dave's there's like, a whole... Let's contribute to the downfall of AM talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm right there with you, dude, because I'm, I'm like, there's a whole other rant that I could go on as to why this is a good idea. It's right. item six on the gay agenda right after brunch. <laughs> the most is not included. You know what else is, you know what else is largely still on AM, though? Uh, is, uh, baseball? Uh, driver hazard warning information stuff. Well, mm. yeah, oh, right. Too, but yeah, if you ever see those roadside signs that say, you know, driver information, it's you. Usually like sixteen ninety AM or something like that. Over right. here in Future Land, ours are all on the FM stations. I mean, <laughs> we still land. have them. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because come on, Mickey, it is Future Land. It's like ten till seven in the afternoon here, and it's you know you just have started the downhill slide in tonight over on your side. It's so, true. Yeah, and but and, to- and ours they also have like regional ones. Mm. 
as well. Thanks to you, Misty. I start drinking at nine o'clock in the morning. Right. <laughs> hey, it's five. It's it's five p.m. somewhere, somewhere, man. You make it sound like that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be five p.m. somewhere. If you want a drink, have a drink. Have a drink, exactly. I yeah. I, I just moved my desk to Australia frequently. I'm like, you know, right. this is now our Australian division of uh, whatever company I'm working for. Thank you, Tim. That was excellent trivia question. Thanks to all of us for cool. being at the table today. Uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us for this rambling episode of The Thing About Cars. We hope you will join us next week. We're working on some interesting guests. I hope to be able to confirm for you soon. Um, in the meantime, everybody stay safe out there. We'll see you with another episode in roughly a week. Take care, everybody. Yeah. See ya. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> thank you for listening. This has been The Thing About Cars. We'll see you on the road.